Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt, back here for the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap podcast. I'm here with Daryl Slater. First episode in a couple weeks. Uh, it has been a lot that's happened since uh, we last met. Um, the Giants are probably at their lowest point right now in a long time. Uh, Daniel Jones, we can get into him, uh, but they're, they're coming off a really bad loss against the Chargers, 37-21. A lot of their guys are on COVID protocol right now as COVID kind of sweeps through the league. Um, I mean, where, where, where do you stand with this team at, at right now as we head into the last four games of the season? I mean, we couldn't be any lower on them, I imagine. Yeah. Them. Like I, I, We expected them to be bad, like us too, maybe more than other people, but I don't think we expected it to get as bad as it has, and obviously you couldn't have predicted the Daniel Jones next thing, but... Right, I mean, four and nine, four games left, it's all about 2022, and what do they do at, you know, who's their next GM going to be, what do they do at, at OC, you know, who's their next offensive coordinator going to be, it's probably, you know, you wouldn't think it's going to be Freddie Kitchens, and then what what's the decision that they're going to make on Daniel Jones? So they have the three big decisions to make going into the off season, and you know, maybe this was a team when you looked at it, they were four and seven after the Eagles win to close out November on Thanksgiving weekend. You thought, oh, all right, maybe they can build on this. They get the Dolphins. You know, they could beat the Dolphins. Well, turns out Daniel Jones hurts his neck, uh, and, and they in that Eagles game by in the way. Eagles game while running and not sliding. Um, and so, they, you know, they, they stood no chance against the Dolphins with Mike Lennon. I mean, they're not going to win any games with Mike Lennon playing. I mean, they, I think it's possible they lose out. I mean, maybe they beat the Bears. But um, so, uh, look, I, yeah, I mean, the, I don't know if they would have beat the Chargers anyway with Daniel Jones. No. It's a pretty darn good Chargers team. Dan, uh, but maybe they're at least more competitive for a little while at least. Like, I don't right, know. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. So, at this point, it's like it's hard to even read too much into anything that's happening, at least on the offensive side of the ball. At this point, in, in, in another lost season, and so it's all about really, uh, really the future. I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys are not going to play Sunday who are on the COVID list. But if you look at the two main guys who are on that list, Kadarius Tony and Adoree Jackson, like they probably wouldn't have played anyway, because which, yeah. which is another issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the actual injuries that they have outside of COVID stuff, um, and Kadarius Tony's rookie year, a lost cause at this point. Um, so, yeah. Just a lot of bad. Next, we can start. We can get into Jones in a second because I want to talk about him. But COVID-wise, um, we should. So there's like a COVID thing sweeping through the entire league, not just the Giants. But uh, so a couple guys that are on the list. You mentioned Kadarius Tony and uh, Dory Jackson, who, like you said, were injured anyway. But they probably would have had a miss now for COVID because I believe Dory's unvaccinated. Um, other ones are Aaron Robinson, a rookie who's unvaccinated, so that would mean he'd be out, which is a big deal since they already don't have a Dory. Yes. Um, and he's become like a starter. He's been pretty good. Uh, 
John Ross, O'Shane Zimenez. I'm blanking. There's somebody Cam else. Cam Brown. Cam Brown, who's an important special teams guy. And then Xavier McKinney's a high-risk close contact as an unvaccinated guy. Uh, Joe Judge was saying uh, earlier today that he could play if he if he keeps testing negative through Saturday, which which means he's isolated right now, and that's basically the last chance he would have to play before Sunday. And that that would mean he hasn't practiced all week, but it doesn't really matter. They don't have any bodies back there anymore. Um, so their secondary is kind of in shambles right now, uh, and they're about to go against Dak Prescott, Mari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Like Sunday could get ugly. <laughs> Very ugly. I think the line was like ten and a half yeah. in this game. It's probably going up. Yeah, I would think it's going the up. The Cowboys haven't even been hit by COVID at all. Actually, I saw they've had zero positives. I think that you know, I think that ten and a half was probably based on the fact that like Jones isn't going to play, which has yeah. sort of been known. Um, I don't know how much it'll go up beyond that, but um, it you know the, the only question really is will the Cowboys cover the line? I, I don't see any way the Giants win this game. Right now it's still ten and a half. So uh, the only question is, will Dallas cover? And uh, it seems likely they're yeah. going to put up enough points to cover. And then, how are the Giants going to score? You know, That's they, it. Like, so we, I wanted to get this. We can transition to Jones with this. So what? What? The last couple of games, Mike Lennon, who's just clearly a bad quarterback, had me thinking. Is that at the very least you have a baseline knowledge that Daniel Jones is more than a backup level player? Like he can he can at least like. He at least makes you competitive. Uh, maybe he'll he'd be better one day with a good supporting cast or something. But that's the thing. Like, I don't like so that part. I think is clear. Like he's better than Mike Lennon. He's better than Colt McCoy. Whatever. Um, but these last like six, seven games, however many it was going to be, like the only benefit of them because this isn't a playoff team was going to be to evaluate him. Yep. So now you have to. They have to base their evaluation on what they've seen. They have to decide by May if they want to exercise this twenty-one million dollar option. I would think they wouldn't do that, but who knows? I mean, they're always raving about the guy. So. I, I think they will. You think I, they will? Yeah, because, look, I mean, if, if you don't do it, then you should just draft a quarterback and just quit on him and trade him, Yeah, honestly. That's what you should do, is, is, is if you're not going to exercise the option, then you've decided that he is – now, I'm not saying what I think they should do. Yeah. But like, I'm saying – so if, if you've decided – if you're not going to exercise the option, you're saying he's not our guy. Because then you're letting him go into the last year of his contract mm-hmm. and potentially losing him in free agency for nothing. You might as well just trade him, let the other team figure out if they want to pick up his option, which is exactly what the Jets did with Sam Darnold in this exact juncture. And the Panthers exercise the option. Yeah. yeah, in this exact point. Now, man, I don't see any team giving up what the Panthers gave up for Sam Darnold, which is you know was insane. But uh, I think they will pick it up because, look, it's it's twenty one million, which sounds like a lot. So the cap next year in twenty twenty two is going to be two oh eight. Well, what is it going to be in twenty twenty? It should make a pretty huge jump, I would think. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Say it's like two twenty five, right? So twenty one million maybe sounds a little bit more palatable in that case, right? Um, Especially if he winds up having a good year next year. Obviously. And if and if he doesn't, then what do you do? Well, you're not going to straight up cut him. You could trade him for a later on pick and then eat some of the salary. You know, so you're not going to be eating the full twenty one probably. So I think. You know, just just go ahead, bite the bullet, pick up the twenty-one million. Um, just because it's not like the Giants are in line for the number one pick in a year where there's the next Andrew Luck coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, the quarterback draft class is a little weird this year, and like 
what are the odds they're going to get Russell Wilson or you know something like that, right? Can they even fit him under the cap? What do you want to come? Well, here? All they would have to they would have to cut a bunch of guys or restructure, and then they don't have money to do anything else. That they need. It, it makes no sense. it yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. It also makes no sense for Russell Wilson to want to come here. Besides the yeah, that, fact whole, that, that whole rumor didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Okay, so like Russell Wilson's agent put out a bunch of teams that he wanted to go to last year as like a way to squeeze the Seahawks into doing things yeah. that he wanted them to do. So remember that. Yeah, uh, well, because there was that rumor that Russell Wilson, like the Giants, were on the list of teams he would want to go to. But like you said, I just don't. So if you let's say that, let's say let's play that out. Let's say they you know cut all these guys, restructure a bunch of contracts. He still has that offensive line in front of him. Exactly. At, at best, they're getting a couple of rookies in there. So. And isn't one of the issues with him in Seattle offensive line, a yeah. lackluster offensive line? So like, I, I, it doesn't make sense on a lot of levels. But I, so obviously, your, the point that we started with remains: Daniel Jones entering this year, jury was still out. We're in mid-December here; the jury's still out. And if he doesn't play the rest of the year, which seems possible, um, they're going to go into the offseason with more unknowns about a guy who's three years into his career, and they got to pick up this binding option. And it's just. It's a, it's a horrible situation. So that, that so they're going to have a new GM, obviously, at some point. I'm sure they'll announce a Dave Gettleman, in quotes, retirement, uh, either at the end of the season or before it. But So, like, what, what is a – I know there's only 32 jobs, and that's the appealing part. But so if Joe Judge is coming back, which I think it's safe to say that he is probably, like, what, what's what's appealing about this job? Who, there's no – they don't have any, like – they don't have any potential all-pros that you can point to and be like, that guy's going to be an all-pro. And yeah. they don't – they don't have a for sure thing at quarterback. You have to make that option decision within the first couple months. You're on the job. You need to decide what to do with Saquon. You can't cut him. Uh, you have all these you know big money receivers and and guys like that that you can't really cut. Like, <laughs> and again, it's 32 jobs. So in theory, you should be able to get somebody good. But if you're if you're being told you have to use Joe Judge as your coach and all this other stuff, like. You I don't forgot know. the uh, cap space and the cap issue. situation yeah. is pretty bad. You too. listed off all the cons. I was thinking them in my head as you were going, and yeah. the cap space is bad. You inherit a coach who has personnel say. What about um, you know? Look, the the main positive is that you have a lot of draft capital right off the bat. Yeah. And so if you're yeah, that's not, the main thing. Yeah. If they can, if they hire a GM who has a, a scouting background, particularly a college scouting background, it doesn't always work. Mike McCagnan had a college scouting background <laughs> that didn't work for the Jets, and and so. Um, then, then maybe that guy convinces himself, hey, you know, I can turn this around. I can draft some good players there. Um, but no, it's not an ideal situation. It's not a clean slate. It's not a pro. You know, it, all the cons you've mentioned beyond the pro with the uh, with the draft capital. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think there's a couple reasons why John Mara has to cast a wide net because he's probably gonna because he, he didn't last time. You mean? <laughs> well, he didn't last time, and they take such an insular approach with almost everything around here. Number two. And number three, like, the job, like we alluded to for those reasons, is not going to be, like, an in-demand job. Like, like if you go and target three people, you're going to get all three of them to say yes? You know, like... Well, I want, so I wonder what other... I mean, this is probably something we can write at some point, actually. Like, what other teams are going to look at GMs so you can stack them up with the Giants kind of so, thing? So, yeah, if let's... I mean, Joe Douglas is not getting fired yet. No, I'll go through the um, overall NFL standings and start from the bottom. I mean, if you look at the te- Lions... Well, the, the Texans just hired a GM, so they're not going right. to hire a new one. Well, the one to look at, I think, could potentially be the Jaguars. I mean, Trent Baalke is, like, the GM there, but Urban Meyer was running the show. So yeah. what do they do there? Do they give Trent Baalke the GM job? I think as moving up the, moving up the standings as they're looking at the overall the, the, standings. Bear, the, Bears. the Bears are an obvious. That, the, I would think that's. I mean, they have Justin Fields. They don't have their first round pick, but you have the quarterback. In I, th- I think Matt, Matt, Ryan Pace will probably almost certainly be a guard yeah, there no. with the Bears. Um, 
the Raiders that... could be one because if they decide a full house mm -hmm. cleaning, yeah, Mayock, yeah. and 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 they want to bring in a, a a full brand new situation there. The other ones, it doesn't. A lot of these bad teams just hired GMs recently, so it's hard to like. Now Minnesota is an interesting one because um, I'm blanking on their GM's name. This is uh, that's bad because like, he's Rick been, Spielman. Rick, right? Rick Spielman, yeah. yeah, he's a little been bit there a on while, the older right? side, yeah. And, and uh, he's been since 2012. Is he 60 years older? He's 59. Yeah. So yeah. He's so turning, one yeah, of the reasons George man. Payton left to he's go been the GM since 2012. Yeah, and they haven't really been able to get over the hump. And George Payton, uh, you know, spelled yeah. Patton or Payton went to went to the Broncos because he, you know, maybe he thought like you know Rick Spielman's going to be here for a little while. Maybe that's one to look at as like a potential surprise if Mike Zimmer, presuming he gets fired. Yeah. Um, um, the other ones I don't. Kevin Colbert is probably potentially going to retire in mm. say Big Ben goes. Maybe Kevin Colbert retires. Like Pittsburgh probably has somebody in the building. Probably there Omar Khan yeah, would be yeah. the guy there. They're a team that's like structured well in a way. Right, that they so that would kind of fill waiting, itself. Yeah. But it would that you know Omar Khan would. Yeah, take but a lot of these other teams like are either the bad teams recently hired a GM or like there's teams that have been just good enough to like keep who they have in place. Right, I, right. I mean, just, so, look at, just look at the standings. I didn't realize the Bills were seven and six, by the way. But anyway, yeah, the Bills have hit the skids a little bit, and but like you said, I mean, they they have a head coach and GM in place. And, yeah. But those those are the ones to look at. But so it's not like it's going to be a lot of teams. Yeah. So it's in reality, they're one of the only teams that's going to be looking at a GM. Yeah, and like they got to look outside, and I don't necessarily mean like okay, you got to hire Lewis Riddick. Like okay, we get it. Like that's a prominent name, and they interviewed him last time. But like you know, go after guys like well, Mike. Well, then, like you said, then they just need to cast a wide net. Don't just talk to three guys. Don't get your head set on one guy and not right. talk to a lot of people. They talked to Gettleman last time. They talked to Lewis Riddick. They interviewed Kevin Abrams and Mark Ross, and then Mark Ross winds up getting fired. And two of them were in the organization. Gettleman is a Giants lifer before he got fired by the Panthers. They interviewed four people. In Riddick was the only one from outside the organization. Yeah, yeah. one out of four on true outside candidates. First the only all, interview four anyway is like crazy. It's absolutely insane. And it's all people you that are like your buddies. It, like it doesn't make any sense. I mean, go ahead. And I mean, it's interview. gonna be something we're all gonna ask Mayor about. Like, do you regret the way you went about it last time? I mean, go interview ten people. Request interviews with Mike Borgonzi from from the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing they should do is yeah, go to the the organizations that are run very well and hire somebody from there. The Ravens, the Chiefs. The Steelers, like organizations like that, that have like just been doing the right things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, a couple weeks ago, more than that, I put out the GM candidates, and it's not hard. It's not like I, you know, I yeah. gotta like, you know, you you look up guys who are hot candidates, it's, it, and, and then look up why they're good. It's not not like it's rocket science, but like I came up with just kind of off the top of my head, like twenty one different guys. Now, some of those guys are internal. You know, I listed Kevin Abrams. I think a lot of fans would be really mad if they hired yeah, Kevin yeah. Abrams. Uh, the one guy you mentioned uh, in the course of our conversation about this was the the Kyle O'Brien. Yeah, Kyle yeah. O'Brien. I was blanking on his last name, and they had just brought him in from the Lions. Yeah, he, yeah, he he was under Bob Quinn for a long time. So that would kind of be an internal candidate, but he's fairly new to the organization. Although he, although his dad was like a team doctor with the team for a very long time, so he kind of is like a. Oh, and he definitely would be in a promotion yeah. because yeah, yeah. he he's working here. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that there's there's certainly guys that they could go outside and look at. Like, so even if you talk about like a Patriots connection, like Dave Ziegler, is when I think of the, a one that, to that's watch. that's gonna be one of the interesting things whether how much they dictate let Judge be like a part of the process or how much they factor that in. Because I think I think John Mara is pot committed with Joe. I think he's gonna be here a third year. It might even be partially because he's tired of firing people after two years. Yeah, I think it's I think I get it. Like give Joe a third year to show that he, he's like building something different with a with a new GM or something, 
and maybe the new GM sees it as a chance. At, he has like a gimme year, and if they're bad, then he he gets to fire Joe and hire his own coach. Bingo. Anyway. Like maybe that's a positive thing to look at. But I am very interested to see if they. I don't have a problem with them necessarily hiring a Patriots guy, but don't hire it because of Joe Judge. Hire it if he's the best candidate. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean you can't hire a candidate just because. Well, the to funny, peg to a coach who has won ten games in two years. Yeah. The crazy thing about that we talked about Joe Douglas earlier. You mentioned him in passing. You know, the Jets basically let Adam Gase hide. Now, this, Joe Douglas might turn That's out okay. That's a great okay. point, yeah. He hasn't done a lot of great things so far, Joe Douglas. Yeah, it's insane that they let Adam Gase He's made two really yeah. good trades, uh, Jamal Adams trade and the Sam Darnold trade. But but they they did let Adam Gase pick Joe Douglas. Now, it's not like <laughs> they had crossed paths a little bit. It, it wasn't like the entrenched relationship like Joe du- like uh, Joe Judge would have with like a Dave Ziegler who, for folks that don't know, he, Dave Ziegler is basically the GM yeah, entitled. Like Belichick makes all the decisions, but yeah, he's, he's like the a, director yeah. of player personnel. And so, yeah. so he doesn't really have the full GM role, but he's Belichick's right-hand man there after Nick Casario left for Houston. So um, that would be one to watch. Uh, let's see. He's been with the Patriots since 2013, so he's got seven years of overlap with Judge. So they've worked together quite a bit. I mean, there's other guys um, – but like you said, hire the best guy. I mean, if that guy yeah. is going to be, I'm just going to like throw out a name. Like if it's free, you know, like Champ Kelly, a guy who's been named uh, in a, a bunch of these for a while, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe he has no relationship with Judge, but if he's the best guy, then then go get him. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the the guy who comes in has his work cut out for him. He needs to decide yes. if Daniel Jones is the quarterback. He needs to build an <laughs> offensive line. He needs to get pass rushers. Like those are the top three things. There's a lot of needs on this roster. But they're not going anywhere unless those three things are resolved. And what so. do you do with Saquon Barkley? I mean, if yeah. this GM is not, I mean, so try to. Right. I would try to trade him. Obviously, I but think at this, point I don't know what you can get for him. But I mean, maybe you can, if you're lucky, you can. Like, I, I, there's, I can see a team getting tantalized by Saquon, so maybe you trick them into a third round pick. Maybe like even that might be a little high. That's always the based rub on how he's played. But with a guy you want to trade, like unless he's a disruptive jerk. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the rub is you want to trade him for a reason, and everyone knows. Yeah, exactly. The Everybody knows. Yeah, especially <laughs> so. if Saquon had been coming in off a good year. It's a little different, but he's been bad. So. He's been bad. He's been hurt, and the position is is undervalued, probably. And right, some, yeah, right, and right some so. yeah, this isn't like when Trent Richardson got a first round pick or whatever. All right, I mean, I think that ship has sailed. I'm yeah. being able to fleece a team on a running back in a trade. Maybe you can fleece a team on a quarterback like the Jets did with the Panthers in, in the Sam Darnold trade. Um, but no, I don't. I don't see. By the way, I just thought of this because so like Dave Gettleman famously said that uh, Saquon was touched by the hand of God. Uh, and it was interesting the other day. Eli Penny was asked after the game about uh, about Saquon, about how he like keeps tripping and how it seems like he's struggling to get back to himself. And he's like, you know, he's not. He's only human. He's not a robot. So it's, it's kind of like the, the four years later, yeah. touched by the hand of God. Hey, he's, he's only human. Yeah. He's not. He's not godlike. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the Saquon thing's gonna be very interesting because it's funny going into this year, the whole thing is about the contract and whether what, how much he would get, whether they should give it to him. Now it's like there's no way they should give him a contract. It'll make him play out that year, and maybe he's good, or you trade him. Like it, it, there's just so many things that went wrong. This, like Kenny Galladay is going to wind up with like 500 receiving yards this year, or something like that. Um, and they're paying him a lot of money. Like it, it's just a disaster. I mean, Dory Jackson's hurt and got COVID, and had been um, good. Like the ones for signing. If you look at the PFF ratings, he had been good, even, even, good. Even relative to the amount they paid him, though, like the guy doesn't he, like he stops guys, but he doesn't make yeah, plays. Like he doesn't true. have any interceptions. Kind they of. They overpaid as you have to do in you free agency. You have to do in free agency, and, but, he, and he had been good, but of course he gets hurt. Yeah, but guess course. what? He had been hurt. You know, arguably the worst thing that they did was giving Kyle Rudolph twelve million dollars for two years. 
and keeping that contract even after like the the foot thing came up because they're a classy organization. <laughs> that was irresponsible. This guy can't move. He's slower than you. I mean, seeing him run in the it's, open field hurts, yeah. on that in the that, that Charger 60, game. That sixty yard play, I was blown away. That was the slowest. Slowest sixty-yard play I've ever seen. I refer to it in my college game as like fluky. I mean, he was lumbering <laughs> down the field, and uh, look, I mean, it's no fault of his own. He got coming off an injury, but the Giants, of course, the, the crazy thing we talked about a few times on here, and you know, Dave Gettleman had this mantra like "hurt guys stay hurt." Hey, that's a great I mean, point. You know, that's a really good, that's point. a good quote. But guess what? He didn't did stick with point. it. <laughs> he signed Kenny Galladay. He signed Kyle Rudolph. He signed a Dory Jackson, and even a guy like a Dory Jackson, like I said, who had been good, is now shocker hurt. So, uh, geez, I mean, you almost can't make it up with the disconnect. The first-round pick had an injury history. He's been hurt yeah, you on top of everything else with Canarias. You can't make it yeah. up like with the disconnect between the things that this guy said and the things that he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's con- – and even, like, the thing about restructuring contracts, they've had to do that throughout the year to save, like, $200,000 at a time, which it sounds like a lot, but it's pinching pennies if you're an NFL team. And they had to do it with Nick Gates. They had to save $200,000 – so they could be cap compliant while still being able to like sign guys to their practice squad. I mean, it's like a guy, you know, pawning off his TV to pay his mortgage. You know, <laughs> like that's the point that they're at right now. I mean, that's they, why. Like, so I wrote something about how they're going to be in cap hell, and I got some pushback. Like, I think the majority of people understood my point I was making. Is they're in this spot because they've had to keep on restructuring deals, and it makes it harder to cut guys even when you need to cut them. So they're, they're still going to be paying Nate Solder next year, even though he's not on the team because he, he has a void year. He's a void year. And so, like, the, the idea is, like, there's no such thing as cap hell in the NFL. Well, th- there is. They're, they're in it right now. There's, there's restructuring contracts in the middle of the season to save $200,000. That's well, a problem. Well, percent is. Yeah. I mean, I get it. In 2023, the cap's going to go way up. But at that point, because this offseason, they're going to have to restructure, like, Leonard Williams, Kenny Galladay, James Bradbury. So those dudes' cap hits are going to be, like, $20 million each this in 2023. Team, this team went ahead and made win-now moves this offseason in terms of the signings they made. And they banked on the quarterback taking the next step. They ignored the offensive line. I get that you can't address everything, but they put all their eggs in the skill position basket with the Kadarius Tony pick, with the all the signings they made um, from Galladay to Rudolph. And I guess if you count corner as like a skill position on the other side of the ball. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's proven to be. And then, they, of course, they give Leonard Williams the massive extension uh, of what appears to be uh, a year that's an outlier, and now it's a sort of a regression to the mean this year from what he had done. Um, I it you just can't recover from doing this time and again, and and this is not the first time we've been down this road with this team. The Golden Tate contract, the Nate Solder contract. Um, there's got to. I mean, they were so kind of ties into a lot of the mistakes. The Kevin Zeitler contract they had restructured, which is why it was worth 14 million this year, which is why they cut him. And he's been dominant for the. There was like a stat that he's given up zero sacks and like the least amount of. Oh no, zero hits and zero sacks the entire season for the Ravens. So of course, and the they, guy cut they, him, they cut him. They cut him so they could create cap space to add more weapons. And the offensive line is a fucking disaster. Sorry for cursing. <laughs> 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 but it is. It's it's that bad. <laughs> um, but like it's just like the irony of they had to cut Kevin Zeitler and the guy they they traded for to get rid of him was the guy the Ravens were going to cut anyway, and then he's been too hurt to even play for them slash not good enough. Well, they, they wanted the, they needed ben, to pay Leonard, Ben Bredesen, by the way, is they, who I'm talking about. But They needed to pay Leonard Williams, yeah. uh, you know, because they, they painted themselves into a corner with the trade and the franchise tag, and the franchise tag, of course, sets your bar for what you got to pay the guy, and instead of tagging, you know, I guess they tagged him a second time, right? 
Yeah. And then, so that sets the bar right. So for the contract of what he had to get, and he got this huge contract, and they get rid of Zeitler. And I, I think I, I, I guess I looked at it. I was wrong. I mean, I thought Zeitler was on the decline. He was okay last year. Yeah. But he was um, like their only consistent, solid guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's been very good this year. Yeah. Um, I get it. You're not, you don't want to pay him 14 mil, and maybe he didn't want to restructure or whatever. But so would you rather pay Kevin Zeitler 14 mil now, or would you rather pay Kenny Galladay 18 mil right now? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean those cap hits next year out of two hundred and eight. So I looked this up. Uh, the two, the caps two hundred eight uh, next year. And well, I think like sixty percent of their salary is allotted to like six guys or something. Yeah, Leonard Williams' cap number is like twenty seven next year. He's he's occupying. I think, Ken, I think Kenny Galladay is twenty something. Twenty one. They've got like three guys who are in the twenties. James Bradbury. And then they've, then they've got a few who are like fi- in the fifteen to like nineteen range. Yeah. yeah, I mean to have a guy like Leonard Williams, considering his production, taking up thirteen percent of your cap. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have you know, look, you got it. It's a fifty-three man roster. You know, so you yeah. got one guy taking up thirteen percent of it uh, at a twenty-seven million dollar hit on a two hundred eight cap, uh, and that guy is giving you five and a half sacks. Yeah, five and a half. And, sacks. and Leonard's hurt for the first time in his career right now. By the way, yeah. yeah. I mean, they. By the way, they could have had Micah Parsons, who has been that's twenty actually, times the player that Leonard. That's Williams actually a good transition because I. Right, we can wrap up uh, here by saying how much we think they're going to get killed on Sunday. But um, you've written about this, and it's been written about by a lot of people. But So they, they traded back, and everybody celebrated that. Trader Dave finally became a thing. He traded back. Got an extra first-round pick. Oorah. Uh, they get Canaries Tony, who's barely played. If they had stayed at 11, they could have picked Rashawn Slater, who I it doesn't seem like they ever were going to pick, which was a mistake because they trusted in Matt Parrott. Slater looks like an all-pro. He's with the Chargers, who they just played. And then this week they get Michael Parsons, who I think has like 11 and a half sacks and is people are talking about as a defensive player of the year. Could have had him at 11. Um, it, but instead they traded back and they got Tony, who's barely played when he has. He's been immature. Like he had a couple – he's talented. Um, and so they basically need a hit on that first-round pick next year or it just looks like another disaster. That it's funny because they yeah. finally trade back. But that Parsons guy needs is to be a star. Stud. I mean, and they did trade back like eight spots in the second round, and I wrote this – uh, and they get Aziz Ojolari, yeah. did a rookie report card and said, okay, they get an extra third-round pick from the Dolphins for that, and okay, maybe they get a good player in the third round. So that looks like an okay enough trade back. But at this point, it's hard to look at that first-round trade back as anything more than a failure. I mean, you you can't really evaluate Kadarius Tony off just one year, even if he had played the full year. Um, but the returns are not great. Now, injuries are part of that, but injuries are always part of the assessment in the NFL. So the returns aren't great, and they're certainly not great compared to Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater, who were, by the way, playing who played positions of need for the Giants. Yeah, they which is the been, worst. It's not like Micah Parsons was just a Mike linebacker. Yeah, clearly. yeah. Well, I think I wonder. I don't know if the Giants were one of them. I think I think they probably weren't considering him because he had like some off-field questions, I guess. But um, anyone who thought he was just an off-ball linebacker were way off, obviously, because that dude's a, that dude's a freak. Really good player, and they could have used him. And like you said, if they don't hit, a, they don't get a. It's always star. tougher when a division team gets a guy like that that you could have had too. Yeah, I mean, if they don't get, and if they don't get, and we all thought all along that like the Devonta Smith thing was going to be the one that comes and bites the Giants back because the Eagles, whatever, Swoop they, them, yeah, yeah, they get, they get, but but if, but it's actually been Parsons and Slater who are yeah. two of the best overall players at the position in the yeah, entire league. caliber guys as rookies, yeah, yeah, and not just you know not just good for rookies, good overall, and yeah, I mean, and it's it's. Uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> it, when when it rains it pours, I guess for for this team, and that's poured it's poured a lot lately. And if you, they don't get a good player, I mean, say they're picking five and six next year. I mean, you have to get two awesome players there. Period. Yep. 
Period. I mean, it, it would, I wouldn't put it against them if they drafted two offensive linemen there, honestly. And that may be the right move. I mean, because... And Sapper is the fact that they have to do that because they failed so miserably to build the offensive line is the problem. Where, as you would rather just like pick for value, they almost like... They, they have need, to reach. They need, they, need a, they need to either reach or they need to pick an offensive lineman and a pass rusher no matter what. they like, got to reach for like a guard because they need two guards and a right tackle. That's yeah. what the, that's what the yeah. situation is. Yep. I mean, they don't. Who knows what Nick Gates is going to be coming back off of a horrific injury? If he injury. can even come back off, right? Yeah. And then Andrew Thomas has shown you some things, I guess, that you can build around. He's played through an injury lately, so that's maybe. But he's obviously not going anywhere. He'll be yeah. the left tackle. So you need a right tackle and you need two guards. Jeez, I mean, what a mess. <laughs> anyway, on that note, what's your prediction for Sunday? And we'll go out on that note. Yeah, I, I think went, I had a thirty to ten. I just, uh, I mean. They got blown out by them last time. That was when, you know, all those guys went down during the game. Jones, Saquon, Galladay. They, they know going in that Jones isn't playing, uh, which doesn't make it better or worse. It's just bad. So, And the Cowboys are a good team trying to get, you know, home field advantage in the playoffs or whatever. So um, it could get ugly on Sunday. Yeah, motivated Cowboys team, banged up Giants secondary. Oh, by the way, Mike Lennon at quarterback. I picked Cowboys 30, Giants 13. I... I don't even know if they can score 13 points, given what they've shown the last couple weeks against Miami and the Chargers in terms of their offensive capabilities. Um, minimal, of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, it's going to be a bloodbath. I, I don't think I, – I mean, I don't think there's any way they keep it within the 10-and-a-half line. We were talking about that earlier. So if you're betting it, uh, you know, don't blame us if, if, if you're wrong. But <laughs> I would say you, you, should, you could bet the Cowboys to cover the 10-and-a-half. All right, we'll wrap it up on that note. Thanks again for listening, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.